0: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Business of Design. And if you've been a fan of the podcast since we launched, you've already heard me say this. I fantasized for so many years about having a business partner. In my mind, that magical someone would obviously be able to do all the hard things I didn't want to do. That person would know how to handle tough situations, whether it was a client situation or a trade situation or a supplier situation. And they'd love to get involved when deficiencies happened, right? Well, in this two-part episode, we're going to meet two sets of business partners. And yes, I'm still a bit envious. Abby Smith and Abby Ragsdale of Texas will be joining me for part two. And in part one, welcome back, Virginia Toledo and Jessica Geller from New Jersey. Both sets of partnerships sound enviable, for sure. There is real chemistry when you meet these awesome women and a real humility as they speak with such praise about their partners. If you're thinking you'd love to take a partner on in your design business, then listen in there is a path to that. Or if you're thinking, no way, I do not want to take on a partner at this stage of the game, that's fine too. We're going to point out those things we can learn from partnerships, even as solopreneurs. So two-part series, a partnership for your design business, this one with Toledo Geller. Now, I know what you're thinking, you don't want to miss this episode, and you're right, because when you listen to this episode, you are going to find out what made Virginia and Jessica react like this. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing you're going to find out. And then the second thing you're going to find out is this. You don't have to have a partner to be successful. You can do this as a solo entrepreneur. Trust me, I do it and most people do it, but you're going to need a support network. And that's where business of design comes in for sure. Great episode. Episode 127. And I'm speaking to the fabulous Miss Cheryl Horn, who's the director of operations. You don't have an advocate in your title, but you should because you're also a business of design advocate.
0: And I get to work with all of our business of design advocates, which has been amazing over the last few months. We've had uh, new chapters popping up all over the place. Uh, so that's been really exciting. So somehow
1: we have to figure out how to get the word advocate into your title. I'm advocate in chief. Um, you're you're going to, you have to figure these things out. You're, you're the hard, smart one. I'll work <laughs> on it. Okay, <laughs> I'll work on it. In the meantime, what else but are we've you been... working on?
0: We have a lot coming up. The Business of Design birthday parties at High Point Market, which I'm so excited to uh, to celebrate. So that's happening Saturday, October 19th from 5 to 7 p.m. at The Point. It is a free event, but we're asking you to register because our numbers are limited. So let us know if you're coming. And earlier that same day on the Saturday, you're also uh, speaking on the stage. Have the professional life you've always wanted.
1: Both events are free One of them is going to be intensive learning. That's the 10 a.m. at the theater. The other one's going to be intensive champagne drinking, prizes, and cake eating.
0: And we don't want to run out of any of these things. So we need to know who's coming. So make sure you register. Uh, You can do that at businessofdesign.com. Also on the site for our members, we've just launched a new course when the answer is no. This, it talks about how to effectively manage a job and client expectations.
1: Your sister, by the way, said something that I just love so much. In fact, I highlighted her comment on the design intervention episode. She said, sometimes as a creative professional, the only power you have is the power to say no. No, And I'd never considered that before, but it's true, right? We can say no to the wrong client. We can say no to a bad situation. We can say no to compromises that don't work for us. There's so many things we can say no to, and it is empowering to finally take control of your business. So it's a, it's a really good course, I think.
0: It is. And I think uh, for so many, when you're early on in your career, it's hard to say no, because you're also saying no to the... You know, potential profit that could come across, you know, could come with it. So, making those decisions for what's right for you, if it's not the right client, if it's not the right project, it's sort of a marker in your career when you finally feel like you have the ability to say no.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, birthday parties coming up. We've got new courses that are launching, we've got the retreat that's full. And we have Business of Design Conference January. Tell us the dates, tell us the pricing and everybody write this down and get on this. We want you at the conference. Yes.
0: Yeah, so the conference is going to be at the Las Vegas market. And how can you say no to Vegas? Uh, January 25th and 26th, it's a Saturday, Sunday, and then the Las Vegas market kicks off on the Monday. So. Come early, join us for the conference, and then stay for market. Um, early bird pricing is on until September, which is $1,195. You're going to save $200 on your conference ticket. Uh, it's two full days of intensive Learnings. So, all the details are up on the website, businessofdesign.com. Please reach out to me if you have any questions. Registration is open and it's starting to fill up nicely.
1: Yes. And if you are a fan of the podcast, we get so many emails from people saying, Listening to the podcast has changed my life. And I just want to say to you, it's only open the door. You really. Don't change your life until you implement the systems and procedures we teach at Business of Design, systems and procedures and protocols that we will be teaching at the conference. So, unlike the podcast where we talk broadly about subjects, this is where we say, here is specifically how you do the following things do it exactly this way, it works, and we will provide the motivation to keep you going throughout the year once you attend that conference in January. So, everybody, please sign up. We'd love to. sell out early. And we would love to be able to do that so we can focus on creating the very best possible experience for those of you who are going to make it to Las Vegas.
0: And again, details on all of these events are at businessofdesign.com. And feel free to reach out to me, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com.
1: Yay, lots of good things happening.
0: Yes. And I'm looking forward to meeting so many of our members at all of these events.
1: Right. I know they hear your voice. Sometimes they'll be like, Oh, is that Cheryl? Like you're like a rock star. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, wow, they're not afraid of you. I'm totally afraid of yeah. Cheryl, but they <laughs> seem to think you're really sweet, Cheryl. <laughs> Why would they be afraid of me? <laughs> Cheryl's the holder of the timelines. Cheryl's the person who reminds me I have deadlines all the time. So I'm a little afraid of you, but only a little.
0: Well, everyone needs to be accountable to somebody to keep you on track.
1: There you go. All right. Well, thank you so much.
0: We'll talk to you soon.
2: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Seldon. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too.
1: This episode of Business of Design is brought to you by Build Lane. Build Lane. is an extraordinary app that you can use, you clever designer, to order custom furniture from the comfort of your office. No visit to the factory or showroom rep required. Design details will not be overlooked and by communicating directly with Build Lane and by extension with the factory, you'll enjoy shorter lead times and increased profitability. As you may know, I've ordered a first piece of furniture for Kimberly Selden Design Group and the process has been ultra smooth. I will definitely describe the finished piece when I receive it and make sure I finish the story with everyone. Right now, though, you can enter a contest to win $2,500 worth of custom furniture. It's easy. Set up a free account at buildlane.com. There is no purchase required and the contest is open to residents of U.S. and Canada. For more information, head over to businessofdesign.com. You can click on the Build Lane ad and set up that account really fast. Thank you so much, Build Lane, for your support of Business of Design and our amazing community. And now, back to the show. Let me tell you a little bit about Toledo Geller. They are a boutique interior design partnership based in Englewood, New Jersey. They work primarily in New York City and New Jersey. They started their firm 13 years ago, and you will hear about that journey. They are on fire today, busier than ever, and doing the kind of exciting renovation projects they dreamed about when they first started out. I think it's a very big deal that House Beautiful named them part of the next wave of famous interior designers. Wow. And according to Virginia and Jessica... They've seen a dramatic increase in success and a dramatic decrease in frustrations since implementing business of design steps and strategies. So, wow, you guys, thank you so much for saying that. I adore these two, and I think you will also. Part two with Abby and Abby coming up in episode number 129. I'm starting over.
3: <laughs> what is that behind
4: is that a
1: pinball machine? Dance, dance revolution. Can you see my dance, dance revolution? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You do it? Yeah. I give people oh tequila, and then I go. You want to do it? You want to try it? And then I waste them. Oh,
4: yeah. oh, when do we get involved in that? You
1: come on You're down. You come. Safe. You come on down. That <laughs> is
4: so cool. <laughs>
1: It's the best workout. Like you just sweat. Like it's great. It's so such good cardio. Um, i get that. Yeah, God, that's amazing. Such a loser. <laughs> Where did you get that? Like, right? Like a serious I don't even equipment. know. My husband got it for me. I was just like, because he knew. Because my, my son used to like to go to those places like Dave and Buster's. And I'd be like, give me some more money. I want to play Dance Dance Revolution. And he's like, come on, we have to go. I'm like, no, just one more. <laughs> so uh, he got it for my birthday one year. <laughs> I'm the biggest loser. It's Virginia and Jessica Toledo Geller. How are you guys?
4: We're good. How are
3: you, Kimberly? I'm
1: good. I'm good. It's busy, busy where you are.
3: It is. It's been a busy summer for us. Yeah, not too much of a break though. I just came back from a week away. I needed it.
1: Where did you go? (laughs) Too much design
3: and project management. Marco Island. It's off the coast of Naples.
1: That doesn't sound terrible. That doesn't sound terrible at all.
4: No, (laughs) it's actually paradise.
1: (laughs) Jessica, when are you getting away? Um,
4: I took my vacation in the beginning of the summer. Um, I like when it's warm in New Jersey, I like to stay in New Jersey because we don't get too much of it. So I'd rather save my vacations for when it's cold here. So we went away in like May when it was still pretty chilly.
1: Yeah. I find the same thing in Toronto. I love the summer season. It's great. And the and I love it so much. I realized this summer, it's taken me all these years that I do not, I should not schedule so many installations in the summer because it kind of buggers up your summer to you were just working too much.
3: Well, I yeah. was listen, listening to your podcast this morning on the way in, and you referenced that same thing about a lot of summer installations. And I said, gosh, literally our August was, is going to be installation after installation today. Yeah. We need to have a drink over
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I need to think about that next year and maybe at least protect one month, like maybe August, just, just protect August and say, oh, sorry, we can't do the install till September, or October. In fact, I'm right. getting to the point where it's like, we only do installations in November, December. Cause like, that's the only time I really want to work full, full out. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So we loosely talked about you guys coming on to share about partnerships. Does that still seem like the right thing to talk about? Or did you have some revelation of some other thing? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So being partners to me always seemed like the dream. I always wished I had a partner and I attributed to that magical person these superpowers like they would know how to handle every situation I didn't know how to handle and they would make every bad thing go away so I I put too much unrealistic expectations on this (laughs) magical person right do you guys ever find that that happens you just are like yeah okay yeah so tell us how you met and how that worked out
4: oh how we met and how it all worked out
1: how did you become partners how did you know you wanted to be partners
4: harmony
1: (laughs) exactly
3: (laughs) right there there should be such a thing for finding a business partner right yeah there there might be something that exists like that that we just don't know about but um, we met the good old-fashioned way uh, on Craigslist back in 2006 and so people are shocked all the time by that uh, understandably because they see us and we're close in age and they just assume that we either studied together or worked together at another firm or we're friends or friends, um, whatever. Exactly. And, um, that's not how it happened at all. And so, um, I started the business in 2006 when it was like the golden age of interior design and, you know, great time to design money was flowing and all of that. And sort of just took a leap and did it as a, you know, young person and things went well very quickly. And so I put out an ad Um, on Craigslist because I needed help and I needed another designer to come in and actually help me with this business that was moving at a a nice pace. Um, And so Jessica was one of those people that
4: answered that ad.
1: Jessica, what did the ad say that caught your attention? Oh,
4: I wish that I saved a copy of it. I can't remember what it said, but I know for a fact that she wrote it like she speaks so it was very personable. It was very cute. It made me be like, I want to know this person. Um, and it's actually the only, ad I've ever answered. It was the only, it was like the only time I even was trying to look for another job. I saw, I was combing. I had been working at a kitchen cabinet design company as like an intermediate step because I knew I wanted to get into design. And my boss there made me cry. (laughs) And I told him, I told myself, On the third time he makes me cry, I'm out of here. And so he made me cry the third time. And I literally went onto Craigslist and saw Virginia's ad or her post and I answered it. And that was the only thing I ever did.
1: How did (laughs) your boss make you cry? I would like, well, I would like to know how your boss made you cry. And then I would like, how did you even know to do Craigslist? So, Jessica, how'd your boss make you cry?
4: (laughs) (laughs) He made me cry. It was something with, um, with math, that's not my strong suit. So it was something with dimensions of kitchen cabinets. And he, I was like, not, there was the transfer, the, um, when you make a decimal into a fraction, like it's just Uh, not common.
0: But so he he must've
1: been like, he must've been demeaning or humiliating in some way. Like he, he he didn't have good interpersonal skills. Sounds like.
4: Exactly. And it was just me and him in this tiny office. Like I could touch him from where my desk was. It was just not a good situation. So I was, I just said, you know what? I got to get out of here.
3: Yeah. And that's actually was my go-to for posting an ad. I didn't think of like at the time, I think it was monster.com for resumes and, you know, candidates and employers. Um, but I think you probably had to
4: pay. Yeah. So I was like, eh, I'll just go to Craigslist and it's, post. And that seems like a lot more formal of a, you know, mm-hmm. bigger company kind of thing. And this is just for yeah, her, it was like a one woman show. So.
1: But Virginia, you knew Here when you am. posted that ad, you weren't just looking for someone to help you. You were looking for a partner.
4: Right. So the, the interesting
3: thing is our company had a different name at the very beginning. And part of the name was group because when I went into it, my goal was to never be alone. I didn't want to do it alone. I was scared even taking on this business. So the goal was always to be a group. I didn't know if the group was going to be two or if it was going to be 20, but it was going to be more than me. (laughs) Um, And even with that, my name wasn't on part of the business name. It was my, my birth date, August 10th, eight ten was part of the name of the group, just as like a small nod to me, but the
4: The goal was never to be alone in this. But the post on Craigslist was not for a business partner. It was for a designer. So we started working together and maybe like two or three months in realized that we had a good thing going. And that's where that conversation started. But it wasn't like she went out there looking for a business partner. She was looking for an interior designer. Yeah. And I think that that's that's something that's a strong takeaway because... We had a very good working relationship before we decided to take this next step. And we tested the waters. Like, I even did this with my nanny who takes care of my children to make sure that this was a good working relationship before we set into something that was a lot more formal and long-term. So we started working together to see where each other's strengths and weaknesses lie. Well, as she was my boss, so she was I guess seeing where my strengths and weaknesses were. Um, And then that's how it slowly evolved into something that was much more of a partnership.
1: And how long have you officially been Toledo Geller?
4: We changed our name from ID 810 Design Group to Toledo Geller about Two
1: years or three years ago. Mm-hmm. So 2006, 2007, you said this off the top, Virginia. These were the years of you could just print money if you're an interior design professional. It was just we, like we couldn't have been more lucrative and a lot of people got away with a lot of nonsense because there weren't enough designers and trades to go around and clients were paying a premium just to get services, et cetera, et cetera. But of course things changed at the end of 2008, the beginning of 2009. How did you guys find that moment as partners? What did you think it's being your first big recession?
3: It's almost segues into other points that we want to make, um, on this um, episode about uh, partnerships and how valuable they are, I mean, gosh, whether it's a business partnership or a marriage or anything like that, Jessica and I were very new in our partnership when the market tanked. So now you have here two individuals who've known each other for a little bit of time, they're partners now in this new business venture. They want to really see succeed and really don't have any other choice but to make it succeed. We didn't have a backup plan. Um, at, this t- at that time, I was actually a first-time new mom At the also in 2008, so there was a lot of pressure um, to make this work uh, for various reasons. And so I, I don't think if I were alone, I, I would have been able to do it, one – I think I would have just said, this is too much. I have a young baby at home. I just need to apply for a job and be done with it. Um, and I think, you know, having a partner and we literally put our heads together and, you know, with me, we didn't have an office at that point in time. We both were working from home. Um, I would often go to Jessica's uh, apartment because they had a, like a. business lounge kind of place in the building. Um, And we would sit there and brainstorm and figure out how are we going to make this work? And we came up with a really neat plan at the time. We, you know, we really analyzed um, who our uh, potential client could be during the recession um, in our market in the New York City market. And we honed in on that and advertised to them and um, came up with some, what we sort of started calling design on speed (laughs) packages where our time was in in a on a project was very, very limited. The the price for that sort of package was very palatable for people. Um and we were actually honing in on people who were leasing at luxury buildings and not owning in luxury buildings. Um so it was different price point and what have you, but it kept us busy. Now it didn't keep us busy enough to you know, pay a mortgage, but it certainly kept us afloat. And we actually even both took um, side jobs um, in in unrelated industries just to stay afloat. But that's how how bad we wanted to make this work. And we, we did what we had to do.
1: And then did your, well, first of all, I'm just fascinated by that. I, the The fact that you had the foresight to sit together and say, we're going to have to buckle down and do something dramatic here in order to stay afloat. Because I remember seeing Many, many design professionals I knew uh, who were, had busy, supposedly busy firms in 2006, 2007 fast forward to 2009, they were working in fabric stores. They were working at the mall. They were working in coffee shops. Like a lot of people got hit and got hit really hard. But you sat down and said, this is happening. We can't deny it. So let's be flexible. Let's be agile and go after a different ideal customer. And then I'm wondering, did you guys learn something about efficiencies at that point? Like how fast you could do the job or were there other things you learned from that experience?
4: Well it's I don't think it's very dissimilar from the e-design world right now because we don't do that but it seems like it's the same kind of concept where it's packaging something and delivering it and you ex- execute in a very different way than you do with the high-end projects. So we learned that we learned also about how to be very creative on a very tight budget. We had to be just use our thinking caps and and become really savvy with things that we could do with materials that mm-hmm. were inexpensive from Home Depot. Yeah, you know, we a lot of that. It, and we didn't do DIY per se, but um we would have our our handyman do something that was just really creative and give a high end look for a lower price. So that and that I think that is invaluable because it's easy to design with no budget. It's hard to design with a tight budget. So that taught us you know, especially because that came at the beginning of our career where we had had these two years where we were going into the fancy showrooms. Yeah, yeah. we were experienced with that. And then all of a sudden it was hold up. You have to now be very creative with very minimal budgets. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? So it's, it's set us up for a lot of, I think the successes that we have now because we still remember all of those things and we still get clients with budgets. Maybe they're not as small, but everyone has a budget and um, So we now we know how to uh, back into that budget and work creatively to get a look that we're happy a, of that our clients will be proud to have as their own. And um, yeah, in
3: fact, it even reminds me of one project that we did during the, that crazy time. And it's a picture that even now, you know, 10 plus years later, People keep asking us about, and it was this. We did this hot pink I mean, uh, velvet, a
4: pink chair, and I think <laughs> I don't even remember where the hot pink fabric came from. It was like that was designer's guild, and the chair was from Ballard.
3: The chair was from Ballard. So it was a lot of catalog stuff and whatnot, but it became such a hit, and it wasn't even a project that we photographed really the way we would photograph projects. But yeah, you know, it was. It made us feel proud. Proud that you know that one of those design on speed packages actually got that much traction, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it came from having, like you said, our start—the start in our career. You know, ha- having the the fortunate start that everything was high end and luxury, and then having to try to replicate that look on a dime.
1: So, if you were intentional going into that, I assume that once the economy started to pick up, you were intentional again about now. How does our ideal client change? going forward. And you knew that you weren't going to stay stuck in the low end speed category.
4: Yeah, that was never an option for us. I think we were just waiting for it to turn. We right. quit those side
3: jobs as quick. Jessica could not deal with another night of one of those.
4: <laughs> I won't mention who she was working for. Um, it was a retailer and they'd have us like unpack boxes at night. And I was like, oh, I do you know what I do by day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, right, like right. how how humbling is that, right? Like it's really humbling.
3: Yeah. And I was working with, you know, college age kids. And I was saying to myself the same thing. Like, do you know, I own a business. I'm only doing this to keep myself afloat. Like I'm going to be out of here in no time. Like I <laughs> promise you all, you know, I wasn't like going out after work with them. It was right. very strange, but you know what you have to do what you have to do. So, so that we, that was the first thing we did. We quit those shops. And,
4: um, and then we, you know, refocused back to that, that right. market. But going back to what you were saying before, like if we didn't have one another, I think we wouldn't have had that accountability to ourselves even to make it work. I think because we had each other, it was a team effort. It was, we're going to stick this out and we will get through it to see to the other side. I don't know that I personally, and I don't think Virginia would have had the ability to sit back and say, okay, I'm going to make this work. If it was just me on my own, I think we'd both have been a lot more scared and we would have run into our shells and hid for cover and found something else to do. I know. I definitely would have, I think it just would have been too much,
3: too much on my plate. Um, and I think actually the segue back into the luxury market, um, it was that we had a client that we had early on in the in the start of the business called us back for a, for a beach house in the Hamptons. And so, you know, that was great because we already had a relationship with them. They knew our price point. Our original price point really have to uh, falter with that. And it had a nice location and address. Yeah, I think that was kind of what, what naturally got us back.
1: How did that first project back with that former client go as partners?
3: Well I you know what I'm trying to remember the details of it and I I'm Almost well. This is funny because I remember my daughter was still well, we an infant. Part. Oh my god! And I remember having like a you know sitting uh, babysitter snafu or whatever, and I had to bring her to the Hamptons on this project. And she was she wasn't even walking at the time. I remember she had like soft soft shoes on. A very vivid memory of this. <laughs> but you know, having a business partner that was going to be okay with that and not like you know you know frown upon it and like help me a little bit here as we're like sketching and dealing with this because this project was both interior and exterior in fact they they brought us on to do like landscape design and partnership pool design pool design so over our heads but had we're never, like okay we're going to figure that out absolutely <laughs> design a pool we yeah, we can do that no problem had no i like literally took a crash course in pool design
1: because <laughs> so good
3: i you know you have, make it and, you know, get with the right partners and vendors and whatever. But, um, but yeah, so that actually ended up, you know, turning out really
4: well. They were very happy we with it. We did two more projects after that for the same guy. So.
1: Well, I, then you really yeah. know you're succeeding. To me, if you have those repeat and referral customers, that means you're there, you've made it. And if you don't, it means you do have some hard work to do I'm going to be very bold and take this moment and this opportunity to do a little hand-holding for anyone who's listening who doesn't have a partner, because a few things run through my mind. When the recession hit, Jessica and Virginia both said that they didn't think they would have had the capacity or the willingness or the courage to go forward without one another. And the other thing is they shared how hard it was, how difficult it was to be thrown into a big project where there was pool and landscaping design when they didn't understand how to do that. So here's some shameless log rolling on my part. Business of Design community, and I mean those people who are members of Business of Design, monthly and annual members, those people who are implementing systems and strategies into their business, this is your resource. If you find yourself in a situation where you're being offered the chance to design landscaping, don't say no automatically. Reach out to this community and partner with someone temporarily to get through this learning curve. You guys have everything you need at your fingertips to do projects that are bigger and better than you ever imagined. So yes, if you want to find a business partner, amazing. I think you should only look in the business of design community for sure. But also when you think about just those opportunities to partner with someone on one job Look what you have right here within this community. So there you go, shameless, self-promoting. But it's true, I would have given anything, and I i mean anything, to have this resource when I was starting out. I was so lonely and so scared and just had nowhere to go. So I'm so happy things have come as far as they have. And now I want to make sure I get into some of the bullet points that Jessica and Virginia reached out to us with around partnerships?
3: The first one is, how do you, how do you find, I think almost like, how do you select that person that's going to be your partner? Because okay. I think what we were referencing in this first point is that many of the partnerships that we've um, come in contact with, and for the, sadly have failed for the most part, were people that were either family members or close friends, um, and that sort of thing. and And they came with I don't want to call it baggage, but sort of maybe some expectations from the friendship that they thought should just naturally segue into a working relationship. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, business relationship is obviously very different than a, than a friendship.
1: There must be a secret sauce to a successful partnership, and I just now I'm just gonna say, like myself and everybody listening who doesn't have a partner, we're gonna be slightly jealous as you have this conversation, um, <laughs> because I still do imagine that there is some kind of fairy godmother out there who would be my partner and take care of all the hard stuff. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Uh, but if there is a secret sauce to partnership, what do you think the top things are?
3: So I think you know. Yeah, you should all be jealous. Um, first <laughs> <of> all. <laughs> um, you know, we say it again and again. We wouldn't do this alone, and I think that the trend—or it's a trend—but we all have seen um, these new partnerships. You know, call it Jamie Drake, Miles Red. Um, you know, these big names that are even so far into their career, they're taking on partnerships because there's so much value to it if it's indeed the right partner. So, just the same way you would, you know, vet an intern, an employee, or what have you, um, that the person you want to, you're considering as a partner and sort of let go of this, um, thought that this person has to be a friend, someone that you studied with, someone that you work with at another firm, uh, a family member, it could literally be a complete stranger as it was in our situation. Um, you just don't know who's out there, right? It's almost like, um, you know, finding your life partner. You might not find them through your circle of friends, but more so through, you know, an online dating service or something like that.
1: But how do you vet them? Like, what are the things you can do to vet someone?
4: Well, I think if you're able to hire them as on a project basis or work with them in some capacity to see where you can really hone in on what strengths and weaknesses are, how you guys can support one another and, and help each other through everything. I think that that's the best way to do it in action because yeah, you can meet somebody and say, Oh, this will be lovely. It'll be so much fun to be partners. But the truth of the matter is, is we do have a lot of fun together, but that's after knowing each other for almost 15 years now. Um, and being on this ride together, but at, First, it was very much a business relationship. It was a working relationship. It was working on projects together. It was figuring out who's going to handle this and who handles that. And that's another tip is you have to be able to really look at what you can do well and what you can't do well and figure out how you can be complemented by another person. So we both have things that we work on behind the scenes. We choose to do all of our projects together together. Whenever there's a client meeting, we are at that meeting together. That's just because we enjoy the process of designing together and working on a project together. But behind the scenes, we split our roles up and we each handle the things that we are better at and stronger at so that it's, you know, the whole unified front, but behind the scenes, you don't know who's doing what necessarily.
3: And ironically, that's, or maybe not ironically, a lot of those tasks have been you know, the tasks that Jessica handles versus the tasks that I handle um, are very similar to what they were at the very beginning. So our strengths and weaknesses haven't changed much from from the beginning. Um, you know, I remember right, you know, from the inception, I, I thought I, I hate dealing with purchase orders and, you know, making sure that, you know, the model number is right on what we're trying to procure, what have you. And Jessica was so detail-oriented with that sort of thing from the very beginning and did it really well. And, you know, even... You know, up until today, she's the one who deals directly with the purchasing coordinator here at the office, you know, going over those kind of specifics in in, in detail. And we thought this was a really important topic because after we had the first podcast with you, we got people actually reaching out to us, asking us about our partnership and how do you find a partner? Because I want a partner. Kind of what you were saying earlier. Everyone's like, where's that, you know, fairy godmother? (laughs) Um, So there are a lot of us in the same boat and we just have to figure out who's the right match for us um we, you know we may not even know them personally
1: well and i think you have to be honest about what your own strengths are and if if you you're coming to this new and you haven't developed really strong business practices, don't expect somebody with kick-ass business practices to want to be partners with you. Like you do have to do the work first, right? Like it's kind of like dating. Why so would you think gosh, that person's so going to date slow. you? Yeah. You're Let, living at home realistic. on your mom's sofa. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. And speaking of conflict, cause this is always, I think like, isn't it kind of like a marriage? Like, what what was your first fight, and did you make Jessica cry?
4: <laughs> that's a great question. You no, me cry over something bad, no. something good. <laughs> yes, happy
1: oh, tears. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah,
3: I think you know. I don't know. There's that there's ever been a major fight. I think we've both worked together every day. I mean,
4: Monday through Friday, and, and occasionally on a weekend or something like that. But like, <laughs> I don't remember a specific fight ever. But I think that that's kind of the reason that it works so well because we pick our battles. Like if something is bothering us, we figure out how to deal with it because it just has to get better. So whether that's if somebody needs to have a conversation to clear air about something, we do that. If I know that she gets, well, actually we both get quiet when we're frustrated about something and we need space, we need space. We give it to each other there, but nothing has ever been so large that it's insurmountable.
1: In my fantasy life with a partner, the partner would have to deal with all the conflict and all the, everything that was a deficiency. That doesn't seem fair. Could you think I can find a partner who's going to handle all the yucky stuff and I get to do just the fun stuff?
4: You can't, but you can, I think, you know, that stuff doesn't go away, obviously, and but you feel stronger and more confident and able to stand your ground when you have somebody by your side. Even if it's you who has to take the brunt of it, you can talk about it beforehand, afterhand. It's, you know, it just feels so different when you're able to do it as a combined team.
1: We don't want to paint a picture that you, to be successful, you have to have a partner. Like it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And you guys clearly are just winning at all of it. And it's, it does make me seriously want to have a partner. I'm not going to lie, but you can have a super successful business and be surrounded by mature professional people who support you enough. So you feel like you're not alone.
4: Absolutely. I mean, even on your Facebook group, the community that's behind everybody, you know, you post something with a question or this situation happened. And I feel like those people are our partners too. Whenever I have a question and we make a post about something that's going on in our business, we get such great feedback or in your monthly sessions, we have such valuable tips, whether it's a question that we've had or a question that we didn't think of, but somebody else has had. um, It feels like we're all, in this together. And that's really strong. I you know it's
3: sort of cliche now, but we're stronger together. We can all help one another. So you don't need to, to your point, you don't need a partner that's, you know, in ink, uh, 50% of the business. Um, you, know, you can think about think about it in a different way as you've suggested.
1: Yeah. In fact, I mean, I will say if there is one advantage to not having a partner, it's that hundred percent of the profits are yours. So that's a thing too, when you're a partner, you guys probably have to think about like, we actually need more clients than we would if we were on our own in order to make the kind of salary and support the lifestyle that we deserve and desire.
3: Yeah. To some extent, but when we've actually done the numbers, the amount of projects we can take on together is more than we could have taken on if we were individuals, you know, in that particular regard, it, it, it financially, it, it still works out.
1: All right. So that's not even an advantage. Okay. Then I need a partner. That's it. <laughs> if I, I can't go to Craigslist now, right? You don't go to Craigslist. What do I do? Where do oh, I go? Try it. Stay away from Craigslist now. What do I do? Where do I go? <laughs> Match. Swipe left. Swipe. Right. Wait, do you I mean, swipe? that might
3: be the next this
1: idea left or right do I if it doesn't exist
3: already
1: oh yeah there you go do I I, don't know you asked us this on the
4: last podcast oh I did old married ladies no idea oh my gosh I'm
1: gonna say swipe up for yes and swipe down for no we're gonna do our (laughs) own thing here two okay you two old married ladies I I I love that you guys should start (laughs) where maybe there really should be
3: enough an app to match business partners. I mean, I think that probably the closest thing is like LinkedIn. Maybe it's like
1: a you know, it's maybe a it's a of version of, of LinkedIn. There's interesting things happening on LinkedIn sometimes. I don't know. That's interesting. I think, I think, I I mean, I'm I'm completely biased, so just take this with a grain of salt. But I think your business of design chapter meetings. That's where you should find a partner, and I think you should do exactly what you guys said. Work together on one project. Just see what happens. You're going to learn a lot. You know the thing is, you're going to learn no matter what happens, right?
3: Absolutely. Um. Okay. Um. And I was going to me too that like sometimes a part a partnership a partnership doesn't have to be another designer. It could be partnering up with maybe your business partner is a general contractor or a builder or an architect or an architect. Those relationships can do really I'd well. Say one of those. Yeah. This might be a trio next episode.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? Genius. Right. I know exactly which contractor I'd want to be in partnership with a hundred percent. I would absolutely be partners with that Uh, contractor. And off the top of the show, you said something about landscaping. It's one of the categories of work we do that is so lucrative. And uh, people will sometimes say, oh, I don't don't really want to do it. Think about it. Like really think about it because the landscaping costs as much as the interior of the house always.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Oh my God. You guys are (laughs) awesome. Are you taking over the entire New Jersey, New York design category are there oh, other designers with we'll any try. business at all or is it just you
3: <laughs> we'll try I mean I, I saw something yesterday that said um you know if, if you put it out there you believe it and you speak it people will have to as well you know and so if the thought came into my head when I saw this on tv and I said well we're the most like badass design firm in New Jersey. Like we need to start saying that with like (laughs) conviction and just sell that. So I'm not there yet, but it's, it's planted a little seed.
1: See now you started building the wall and you just took the wall down. You you set it and then you go, I'm not there yet. Boom, boom, boom. Down comes the wall. It's kind of like building a brick wall, (laughs) right? You got to build the wall and then don't tear that wall down. Just keep building that wall. There's absolutely no reason that people aren't talking about Toledo Geller, you know, five years from now as being the firm in New York City. Like, there's no reason. Like, let's do that. Imagine what a gift that would be to the entire community. Like, wow, they did it. If they did it, I can do it too. You know, that's how it works.
4: Cool. I like that.
1: No pressure. But, you know, go out there and get it. (laughs) You guys, thank you so much. It's always so fun hanging out with you. I need to come. I Actually, I'm going to come to New York uh, sometime before Christmas. I'll come to New York. Let us know when.
4: We'll come meet you and do Dance Dance Revolution.
1: You guys, thank you so, so much.
4: Thanks, Kimberly. Thanks, Kimberly.
2: Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.